Hey folks, we have some exciting news to tell y'all about. The Bad Rolling Project has partnered with Expedition 44 and Rival Nations to start the one-of-a-kind No Key But Christ Network. This network will consist of content creators with the focus of Jesus is King and no other. For more information, visit nokeymutchristnetwork.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Bad Roman Podcast. On this show, we talk with veterans, community leaders, Christians, and non-Christians as we explore the entanglement of Christians with the state. The Bad Roman Project was created out of the firm belief that as Christians, we are called to follow Christ, not the state. Here is your host, Craig Hargis. Hey, folks. What do you consider more heroic, signing up for military service or being a conscientious objector? Today, I have on the show a fairly well-decorated, honorably discharged United States Marine Corps veteran to talk about this and much more, including just how powerful the word no is and how that word no can bring about world peace. Let's go. Yeah. Left, right, left, right, left. We got our marching orders, man. Left, right, left, right. We'd rather left, serve God than right, serve Caesar, you left, know me? Joe Chadburn, how you doing, my friend? Doing well, Craig. How about yourself, brother? I'm doing doing pretty good myself. It's a Sunday afternoon in Memphis, Tennessee. We're just happy to uh, happy to see another bright, shiny day, right? Excellent. Yeah, we got some sunshine here too in Indiana. So yeah, happy about that. Indiana. I've never made my way to Indiana before. I, I, I know some folks that live there, but I've, I've never made made my way up there. I'm not far from Chicago, so yeah, close close to South Bend. So um, you wrote an article uh, titled "War Is a Racket," and I want to talk to you about that a little bit. It's a, it's a fantastic piece, and um, it's really something that I, I, I wish more Christians would really kind of understand when it comes to uh, understanding the, the, the peaceful nature of Jesus Christ and the peaceful nature of the early church. And you know, when how we've gotten to this point is is so strange. But I, I love what you some of the stuff you wrote in there about. You know, just like I said in the intro, how the word no can bring about world peace. I, you know, that's I, that's going to be interesting to talk about. But before we get into it, why don't you? Uh, oh, also, I, I should I should mention this as well, Joe. You are now a, a partner with the Bad Roman Project on the No King But Christ Network, uh, along with uh, Rival Nations, Expedition Forty Four, uh, the Geeky Preacher. Um, Embrace Within, and we've got somebody else working to join us as well. So that's pretty exciting. You know, you reached out to us whenever we when we announced the new network, and here we are, uh, International is it International Peace Network? Yes, yes. This is now part of the No King But Christ Network, and that's fun. It's exciting to be able to collaborate with folks, you know, who have the same mentality when it comes to uh, No King But Christ, and we're doing it peacefully. We're trying to get to back to a peaceful way of living as uh, Christians, as Jesus instructed us to. But before we get into the article, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then uh, we'll go from there. Okay, a little bit about my background. Of course, I was born in Massachusetts, and uh Long story short, and this is pretty wild, uh, both of my parents died before I was 13 years old. My dad was declared dead uh, when I was around seven, and my mother 
um, my mother died just before I turned 13 years old. My mother died of cancer. My father, uh, his death was, it was declared. He attempted to set a Guinness World Record sailing the smallest sailboat across the Atlantic Ocean. It was eight foot four inches, looked like a submarine. It was called, he called it the dream, you know, and he never made it. And that really beat me up as a kid with the, the death of both parents, especially the demise of my dad. And there's a lot more story there. There's a book in that, much less a, uh, a podcast segment. But um, so this left me in a place where we were in People magazine. My picture was in there as well. We were on the national news, uh, nightly news. I'm talking about in prime time and uh, on the local news. So all the kids in school knew about this. So I would hear about this all the time and be bullied about it. Um, we had some folks that took us in. They were friends of the family, wonderful folks. They were our guardians. I call them mom and dad to this day. So I'm, I'm so blessed. But I was in a place of being bullied, really, from the time my dad left on the trip, even before that, uh, until I was, was 18 years old. Okay. And, uh, and so <laughs> I learned, uh, real quick that, that the, the best way for me to become a man and stand my ground and not get beat up was violence. So the more I lifted weights, the more I participated in joint football, I uh, got to hit people legally um, and, and just being mean and assert myself, I found that that was, that was my way of not being bullied. It didn't bring me any fulfillment. And then I watched, uh, you know, way too many Rambo movies and uh, you know, Charles Bronson and, <laughs> and Clint Eastwood and everything else, you know, all the Death Wish movies and all that. So, I mean, I was just hyped up. I was, I was just perfect material for a recruiter to come prey upon me when I was around 17, 18 years old. So I was delayed entry program. I went in the Marine Corps at 19 years old. And, um, but I was really perfect prey for them to come in and, uh, and recruit me. And, you know, uh, why can't, uh, you know, why can't strip joints go in and recruit girls when they're 17 years old in high school? But, <laughs> but, uh, but these military recruiters can come get impressionable young people and uh, while there's all this propaganda, every sporting event that you watch, commercials that you watch, all of this militarism, um, you know, it's, it's terrible. And uh, so we are so propagandized from a young age through Hollywood, through recruiters, through everything else. And then you take people, and not everybody's like me, but there are a lot of young people who have had extremely rough lives when they're, when they're young. And they, and they live in torment and they're trying to make something of themselves. There's a lot of underprivileged kids who, you know, there's no other way they're going to either get out of the hood or get an education or, or not be dead or in prison. And so this is their alternative. This is, this, is, this is the carrot that is stuck out in front of them. You know, join the military. And, uh, and, and really, it's, it's, it, it, it's such a scam and, and, and I'm here, I'm here to, to, to talk about that. Now, before I say anything more, let me, let me just say this. Um, some of my favorite people on earth, okay, are service members and veterans. I, I love them to pieces. Matter of fact, I was, I was suicidal, brother. Um, and for reasons that you might be able to figure out as, as we're talking, but I was, I was suicidal even throughout my childhood. Um, 
and everything was just very pent up, just very angry. And it came to the point, I was in the, in the Persian Gulf on minesweeping operations. It was right before we were, we were entering the Persian Gulf. And um, I believe it was, but it was some point in that, in that deployment. Um, and I was on the USS Guadalcanal, and I was suicidal, and I was listening to Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne on my headphones. And, um, and I said, God, if you're real, prove it. If not, I'm done. And it, was so, it would have been so easy just to dispose of myself, just jump off that ship in the middle of the night. You're so unlikely to be found. I would have just drowned to death. And plus, every day that I was out there looking at the ocean, I could think of nothing but my father, like, perpetually. So there was, there was just this, this misery, you know. And um, so I said, God, if you're real, prove it. If not, I'm done, you know. And so I took those headphones off, and I proceeded to do whatever I was going to do, you know. And I immediately, and I did not know this was going on, but across the way there were some uh, radio recon guys, and they were having a Bible study. And I was just drawn to it. And, brother, I'm telling you, I went over there. And I, I was in tears. I sat down and I felt as if I was paralyzed from the waist down, like I couldn't move. And they began, they saw that I was distraught and I just began to talk to them. And they just began to talk about the forgiveness and love of Jesus. And other people had, had, had you know, magnified Christ before me before. I had some wonderful people in my life, uh, the folks that raised me um, and other folks. One Sunday school teacher in particular, and it was Becky. And, and there were others, there were, there were scores of others, you know, relatives and, and uh, from the family. Uh, but this was, this was an aha moment when Jesus just revealed himself to me in such a wonderful and magnificent way. And then, and then I, just, I, just, I just felt an upward call to, to do something, you know, um, that my life was precious and it could be worth something. And uh, so, so when I, so, 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 yes, and I still communicate with these people to this day and um, and so many of them, and we're talking, I won't name them, but there are some people who, who got out, who uh, retired, very high ranking. And, um, and they love me. They follow me on Facebook, and they understand my anti-war stance. Um, and, and I really appreciate that. I, I've not had a single uh, veteran friend ever come against anything that I post. And I post very strong things. I have some, some strong videos, podcasts, articles. And, uh, and I plan to do more, but it is because I love people and I want to prevent people from, you know, from being destroyed, from having their legs blown off, from, from, from just, just the horrors and perils of needless uh, wars and conflicts and, uh, and imperialist bullying uh, that our nation does around the globe. So that was a little bit long, but, uh, but that's, that's the backstory to um, to who I am, where I am today, and how my eyes have been opened more and more as I've been a student of history uh, to really see the, the eagles of war and uh, how the military-industrial complex is so powerful and influential in the United States. And, uh, and if you talk about this, politicians love to hide behind the flag-draped coffins, okay, of our brothers and sisters who have fallen. Okay. And, and that, that, that really, nothing makes me more angry than that. brother. Yeah. You know, and I, I, getting a perspective from folks who have spent time in the military to me is, has always been important to do on the show, because I think you, you mentioned that folks who um, you, you spent time with in the military, they don't come at you hard about the stuff you talk about. A lot of what we see online is the folks who are 
bashing people who are against or, or who may be anti-war, never saw it, never spent time um, in the military understanding what it's about. And so it, they don't have a perspective like you would. I was talking to uh, Nicholas Harrelson last Sunday, and I mentioned that this conversation was going to come up, and he served in the military. And he's, he, uh, it was, I think he had three deployments in Iraq, I believe. And now he's a, a pastor in an Anglican church, you know, so he's got a perspective that and he mentioned that people listen to him because he's he spent time in the military, so they're going to give him a little more uh, attention than they would somebody else who's talking about anti-war. Never spent time like I didn't spend time in the military. I tried to to, to join the military at one point, but thankfully the Arkansas National Guard said that I was uh, four pounds overweight and would not let me in. So it was, well, that, those are the best four pounds you ever gained, brother. That's what my mom said. My mom was very thankful for those four pounds. Um, because that was right after 9-11, and I was all about, you know, joining and fighting because I was angry like a lot of people were. I didn't know what I was angry about. I just knew that I didn't want to sit at home not do anything about it, you know, or do my part. I, can you give us a little more background of yourself, what you did in the military as far as, like, did you do any time? Did you serve um, during any of these wars like we've been we've seen for the past 20 years, 20 plus years now? I, I was involved in the tanker wars um, prior to Desert Storm. I, I was never an active uh, combat participant, although I was in a very dangerous area during minesweeping operations when they, um, the Iranians uh, had mines in the Persian Gulf and they were blowing up oil tankers. That's very well documented uh, during that time. So that's when I was there. And I can't talk a lot about what I did because I was, uh, I was, in, uh, I was in an intelligence field so, yeah, so I can't talk a whole lot about that. But, no, I was not a um, front-line uh, rifle carrier or artillery person or, or anything of that nature. I'm you know, very thankful for that as well. But I also did absolutely nothing to defend my country. Uh, I may have helped gas prices stay a little lower than they would have been at that point in time and, uh, and helped the interests of, uh, you know, some fat cats in America and uh, and Israel and and whatever, but uh, but nothing nothing that defended my country. Everyone here would have been really just fine without if Joe had you know decided to be an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, they wouldn't have because I'm horrible and I can't stand accounting and spreadsheets. So that would that wouldn't have worked out well. A bad a bad analogy, but uh, yeah, that been just better off if I had just done whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, anything, anything. Maybe worked at McDonald's or something. Made made them a cheeseburger. Hey folks, Craig here. And I'd like to let y'all know we are always looking for writers to contribute to our blog. I don't care if you have any experience or not. Two or three of our contributors had no prior experience writing, and it turns out they have a real knack for it. Our project coordinator helps them put the articles together, and she publishes them on our website and Facebook page. And you will also have the option to come on the show and go more in depth about your article. So if you like what we're doing at The Bad Roman and would like to try your hand at writing, then send us an email at thebadromanpodcast at gmail.com. We're having a blast with this project, and we would love for you to join us in helping promote it. Now back to the show. Well, let me ask you this. Let's, let's get into the article a little bit. What kind of what what kind of led you to write this piece? War is a racket, um, and I love how it starts out. You know, you, there's no greater heroes than conscientious objectors. And, you know, and it reminds me. And you mentioned Muhammad Ali in the article. And we'll get to that in a second. But what kind of led you to wanting to talk about this? Because 
I agree with you. There was a time in my life where I wouldn't have agreed with you because I remember that that time in my life where I was calling Muhammad Ali a coward. And now I see him as somebody who's more heroic than most folks understand, I think. And I think um, let's let's start there. Let's start what kind of led you into wanting to write this piece from what you saw as your time in, in, in the Marine Corps to now, you know, so where were you at when you wrote this? Because you, you've seen some stuff, you've talked, you, you mentioned your, your fellow service members and you love them dearly and stuff, but what you've seen, what happens in the military to be like, okay, so conscientious objectors are more heroic than anybody signing up for the military. Well, this is a result of walking with Jesus first and foremost. Um, also, um, I would say, my formal theological training, over 30 years of intensive theological study and, uh, and historical study. The historical study, just independent things that I've done on my own. I'm a real you know, history buff. And um, so, so when, I, when I look at these things and the more that I have traveled, I have friends in every single sub-Saharan African nation I've met in person. Um, and I have. I've done, I've, done, I've done quite a bit of traveling in the world. So the more... I've met people and love people and interact with people. Um, the more I say, the more my heart turns toward uh, never allowing anyone to dehumanize them and and wanting I'd rather die for these people than ever shoot them. You know, regardless of what they've done. I mean, that's just the place I am in my life, and especially with the whole um, you know the Arab and Persian world. Um, I have, I, I, the Lord led me to, I befriended so many Muslims, my brother, and uh, just beautiful people. So what the stereotypes about Muslims and extremists, you know, um, don't, don't listen to that. Don't allow that. That is, they are not the, uh, the template. They, 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 they are not the prototype Muslims. Okay. There are so many Muslims I gather with regularly and speak with regularly who are such beautiful, loving people. And, uh, and through going to Palestinian uh, Muslim conventions in Chicago and interacting with people, getting to know them and seeing the love that they have for me, and also seeing how Christians in, uh, in Palestine uh, interact with Muslims. There's so much love. And in, the, and in other places, in Syria and, and Lebanon, and, and there, there's so many other places, and you're not going to see this on the news. It's just them and us. But these are beautiful people, and too often they become collateral damage for madmen like George Bush and, and Tony Blair and Dick Cheney and others who have, who have you know, profited greatly off of these unjust wars, not to mention Netanyahu and, and company. So there's, 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 there's so much here and so many things that we've been propagandized with, and a society has been, has been decimated. I mean, ancient culture, you know? Um, many believe to be, you know, the birthplace of, of, of humanity, the cradle of humanity, right there in, in Iraq. Um, and uh, so, so this is this is something that's horrible. And and let me ask you this, okay? Without I won't let you talk to, please. But uh, what really irritates me, and you see this, is and there's such a double standard here, okay? If there were invaders who came to the United States to bring their freedom and democracy. Every, every <laughs> Tom, Dick, Harry, uh, Billy Bob, and Bubba, who brought out his guns, whatever he did, okay, his Molotov cocktails, uh, his, his grandma's skillet, anything he used against these people, okay, they would be considered patriots, not 
terrorists. But we go in places like Syria, okay, and support uh, Israeli apartheid and ethnic cleansing in Palestine and all of these crazy things that, that our government does. And we've got people over there, and then someone fires a rocket into one of in, into a, a U.S. base. You're illegitimately there, okay? And if you wouldn't condemn Billy Bob and Bubba and Tom, Dick, and Harry flying the red, white, and blue, do not come against Ahmed and Mohammed and whoever else is is dealing with your foolishness because you are an occupying invader. They're simply defending their homeland. I'm against violence. I'm against war. I'm also against the double standard. And, and you see it so many times. Who do we think we are? I mean, it, it is such, it is, there's so much bullying. I, I mean, we've got, I, I looked just the other day, we have about 750 overseas military bases in more than 80 countries. I mean, how dare these people put their countries near our military bases? <laughs> you know, I mean, who, who are the ones trying to start crap? And then you wonder, and then you wonder why, you know, then you wonder why a, a lot of the world hates us. And I'll tell you what, a lot of them don't. A lot of them, that the average, let me tell you something, the average Palestinian that I speak with, the average person from Lebanon, Syria, uh, they love U.S. citizens. The, their beef isn't with U.S. citizens. It's with the government. And so this is why, yes, be a conscientious objector. Don't be a pawn for some clown because there's, there's a whole supply and demand thing. Raytheon and, and, and all of these companies, all these warmongering, all these manufacturers, okay, it's all about supply and demand, and it's a business. And if they've got a stockpile, somebody's going to create a demand for them in order to get campaign finance money, in order to get reelected. And I, I seriously uh, doubt that there aren't plenty of kickbacks and benefits from it as well. That's how these politicians uh, multiply their wealth exponentially, okay, off the backs of these flag-draped coffins and off of, off, of these, off of these veterans that are homeless, okay, that they purport to love so much. What a bunch of BS. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I am enjoying this. I knew uh, I knew uh, that you have a, a you're very opinionated about a lot of things, but I, I did not know that uh, you were going to come at this like this. This is great because you don't know how many times I've uh, had these conversations with just a coworker about you know just like you said, how dare we? They attack our military base that we've stuck outside their country. You know, if somebody and I, if, if they were doing that here, yeah, we would be outraged yeah and the idea that that people don't recognize that they're just defending themselves that's all they're doing yeah and if lindsey graham wants to go to war i will pay i will chip in for lindsey graham's flight his american flag parachute and he can drop right into tehran or or, or syria or wherever he wants okay tough guy these these i, I get so tired of, of these mostly white male, white beta male politicians, okay, who, who, are, who are filthy rich, uh, just exploiting these young people and playing them like pawns, okay? And this is, this is the crazy thing. And then you pretend to honor them. You're not, you're not honoring them at all. You're playing them, and then, you're, and then you, just, you just propagandize the media and everything else, okay? I don't, I don't need uh, a military flyover to watch a football game. Okay, I like football enough for that. Why do we need that? 
it's propaganda. Your tax dollars are being used for all these commercials. Next time you watch, you watch a sporting event, watch all the militarization, watch what they're doing. But it's backfiring because recruiters are desperate right now. And I love that because young people are awakening. And that's why people like me, I may just be a just an annoying little drop, but enough annoying little drops can create Victoria Falls. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yes, that's an African reference. They're, they're the greatest waterfalls on earth. Uh, for, for, for those in North America, uh, Niagara Falls, but Niagara Falls is, a, is dwarfed by Victoria Falls. So every one of us, you may feel small, but a grassroots peace movement can do wonders. You know, Craig, you mentioned something. I would like to allude to the article that uh, that you referred to earlier that I had in internationalpeacenetwork.org because Smedley, Major General Smedley D. Butler, okay, there is a there's a base named after him in Okinawa, Japan. I was stationed in Okinawa for a year. I lived there for, for an entire year. Absolutely a beautiful place. Not Camp Courtney, Okinawa, where I was stationed, but Okinawa itself, absolutely gorgeous. We were, we were taught, when we were taught, taught um, USMC history, Smedley D. Butler was such a hero. They didn't tell us this part, okay? Later on, I read this about what Smedley D. Butler said, and get this. And here is a highly venerated uh, war hero uh, <laughs> amongst Marines and, uh, and in U.S. history. So th this is wild. This is a sample of, uh, of what Smedley said. This is Smedley D. Butler, and I quote, I spent 33 years and four months in active military service, and during that period, I spent most of my time as a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street and the bankers. In short, I was a racketeer, a gangster for capitalism. I helped make Mexico, and especially Tampico, safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National City Bank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in the raping of half a dozen Central American republics for the benefit of Wall Street. I helped purify Nicaragua for the International Banking House of Brown Brothers in 1902 to 1912. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for the American sugar interests in 1960. I helped make Honduras right for the American fruit companies in 1903. In China in 1927, I helped see to it that Standard Oil went on its way unmolested. Looking back on it, I might have given Al Capone a few hints. The best he could do was to operate his racket in three districts. I operated on three continents. <laughs> it's pretty powerful stuff, man. And, you know, and the fact that that's not talked about, that nobody ever mentions that part about what uh, Smedley Butler was saying. I mean, come on, why is why is stuff like that hidden? Because it's, it's gonna change the narrative about what they try to promote as uh, nation building. And, and, you know, we're, we're going into uh, to, to promote democracy across the world by dropping bombs. You know, they don't, that, that's what, but they don't want to talk about what's actually going on because it's going to drive down their recruiting numbers. When they, if, if, the, if people were actually being honest about what's happening with the United States military, it'll drive down the recruiting numbers. You know, and you're, you're tickled that uh, recruiters are desperate right now. I am too. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm, I'm very uh, tickled about that because the fact that they can't get people to join their organized crime syndicate, that's, that's good news. 
Yes, absolutely. And what I just read, I, if people had millions of dollars, I'd love to read that live on national television uh, during the next Super Bowl. That'd be that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Let's make a commercial for the next Super Bowl for billions of people to watch and see. That would really cause uh, uh, really throw a wrench in the uh, the whole thing because that's mentioning the sporting events and and how they use the propaganda. Through sports, you mentioned uh, Kaepernick a little bit in your article, too, and people were so up in arms about him taking a knee mm-hmm. during the national anthem, but he, was, he wasn't he was hurting anybody. You know, he was making a statement, and, and the people were like, well, I'm not going to watch football anymore until they start standing for the flag and all this garbage. And I, and I remember this going on, and I would tell people, and I was like, you know, and at the time – I was still in that mindset of neoconservatism and patriotic, you know, all this stuff, the red, white, the blue, all that stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if they're out there doing cartwheels during the national anthem. I don't care. Yeah. Why why does this bother you so much? And then the more I learned about it, did you know that prior to 2009, the athletes stayed in the locker room during the national anthem? They weren't even out on the field during this. Yeah. And when I bring that up to your average person, Talking about it, well, I didn't know that. I said, you didn't want to know that. Yeah. The only thing you see is right in front of your face right now, and you don't want to see what what's going on with this propaganda. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you don't know that? Why don't you know that? I didn't know it, but I found out about it, and I'm telling everybody about it now. Anybody that'll listen, I'm going to tell them about it because just the athletes that they had they weren't even out on the field at, at one time during this stuff. This is all for the fans. Talk about a lack of self-awareness and a double standard. Okay, if we're not going to get politics, you know, in it, then forget about your military propaganda, your your endless military propaganda from from Genesis to Revelation of your sporting event. You got it all (laughs) the way through military flyovers, color guards, and 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 all of this. I mean, again, it's crazy. You know, uh, uh, yes, we you know we should mourn. You know, mourn and honor the fallen, and you know, love the people. You know, care for their families, absolutely. But let's prevent it to, from happening to more people. Okay, instead of hiding behind flag draped uh, coffins while you continue to perpetuate evil. I mean, it's crazy. And you know what, Craig? Here, here's something. Uh, a lot of this would not be able to happen without the church in the United States. Right. Right. Great point. Because they believe in perpetual war uh, in direct contradiction to the teachings of Jesus. You can find out more about my theological stance on this at internationalpeacenetwork.org. But I will say this, when when Jesus, when was Matthew 24, 6, he said, you know, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. You better hop down to uh, to verse 34. When he says that all the this generation shall not pass until all these things are fulfilled. And the Jewish historian Josephus, okay, clearly outlines the wars and rumors of wars that happened up until the time of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in AD 70 that Jesus was prophesying about throughout that whole discourse. Jesus was never saying that there's going to be perpetual wars and you should help perpetuate them, okay? <laughs> he, he never did that, okay? Um, you know, Isaiah said of the, of the increase of his government, Jesus and peace, there shall be no end. And his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this is an ongoing peace thing and his kingdom has come, is coming, and shall come. So 
I don't believe that world peace is just possible. I believe that it is inevitable. But if we have a diabolical hermeneutic, then you're going to justify ethnic cleansing and blowing up, uh, blowing up Muslims, blowing up people of other faiths. And that is not the Jesus way. That is in direct contradiction, okay, to his person, his nature, and his teachings, okay? And unless you have a knucklehead, flat reading of the Bible, where you exalt David, who wants to dash uh, babies' heads against rocks, with Jesus, who says, love your enemies, okay, and displays perfect cruciform love on the cross, and that, that I mean, wow, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos to himself. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's about cruciform love. It's I would rather die than to kill, than to bring legions of angels, okay, tens of thousands of angels to destroy all of you, to let Peter just go nuts and then just let Peter just, just get some sort of Thor power and just destroy, you know, everybody around so they don't kill Jesus. And Jesus becomes a natural king in Jerusalem like they wanted. It didn't happen that way. And this is, this is not the Jesus way. And I will debate anybody, anybody on that. And, and that's, not, that's not an arrogant statement. That's out of love and passion for mankind, humanity, planet Earth. And when I say planet Earth, you know, all these people talk about, oh, we're, we're, you're not green. If you're blowing all this stuff up, you're blowing up pipelines, you're blowing up entire countries, you're not green, okay? You're, 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 your warplanes and bonds are not green. You're the biggest polluters on Earth. The military-industrial complex are the biggest polluters on Earth. And then these sitting clowns talk, want to talk about the environment, okay? Quit playing, people. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just tired of it, Craig, really. Yeah, well, it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to explain this to to your your fellow Christians who are not don't for some reason don't understand it. They don't they don't take the teachings of Jesus Christ seriously. If they they believe that, and, and I was one of them. I mean, I can't sit here and say that I never believed this. I used to have the mindset that that God created the United States to protect Israel. That was my understanding. That's 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 what I believed, and I know that's garbage. I know it's garbage. And Israel is a Western geopolitical apartheid construct. Je Jesus did not come to abolish Israel. He came to redefine and expand Israel. We are all Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, okay? Uh, he is the fulfillment of Israel. He is what Israel could not fulfill on, the, on their own, but they, they failed miserably. And so he did away with that old system in AD 70, even destroyed all the Levitical priests records okay there's no there's no birth records nobody can trace their genealogy back to that he did away with the, with the old covenant sacrifices all of that stuff that old system is gone and he brought in the new and anyone anybody understands what what heaven and earth when he said heaven and earth shall pass away but my words that he spoke in that discourse shall not every first century Jew understood heaven and earth to be the temple this was a microcosm the the inner the the most holy place okay was um <laughs> was was heaven earth was the was the um was the was the the middle court there okay and where 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 the the priests came in all right the, you had the holy of holies the most holy place the holy place and you can edit this and then and then you had the uh, the court of the of the the outer court where was the labor, which is also called the sea. So when you talk about heaven, earth, and sea passing away, 
He's talking about the old order being done away with. And this, this, the temple was a microcosm where heaven and earth met, where God met with mankind. And what, what happened, what, what Jesus was saying was, this is not just going to be something in a remote place. I do not live in a box, okay? I do not just live in one place, but I'm going to live. You are going to be my temple. Mankind is going to be my temple. And this is a universal thing that's going to inhabit the entire earth. So he abolished the old system. So this whole idea of, of uh, you know, supporting uh, ethnic cleansing, land theft, apartheid there for the sake of Jesus, doing that in occupied Palestine is really an abomination. I mean, I mean, Jesus called himself, look, look in Revelation, what, is, uh, what's na- what was natural Jerusalem called? He called it Sodom and Egypt, okay? And, and, and that's what it was at that, at that time to him. And that in, in, in the mind of Christ, okay, everything has been redefined. And that is not a, that is not a replacement theology. That is, that is, that is good Christology. That is, that is an advancement of what God intended. Let's put it this way. Israel, the, the, the people of Israel, the children of Israel, okay, Jacob's descendants, were never the destination, okay? They were the vehicle to get to Christ. Christ is the, des- is the destination who brought about the true Israel of God. Isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's right. And, and, so, and I'll debate anybody on that. But again, if you're, if you're, when, you, when you edit this, uh, the, the temple was simply a microcosm. Any first century Jew understood uh, heaven and earth to mean the temple, the the most holy place being heaven, the holy place earth, the outer court was uh, was the place where the labor was. They called it the sea. So when he said heaven, earth, and sea shall perish, shall be no more, shall pass away, that's exactly what happened. And the new heavens and the new earth, that's know ye not that you are the temple of God. And Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. There's no more need for sacrifices. There's no more need for Levitical priests sacrificing animals. There's no need for anything to do with that old covenant order. He abolished it once and for all to bring in something new. Those are the things in Hebrews that that, uh, the writer says were passing away and the new things uh, were coming and did come in AD 70. And so we've been living in a... A kingdom age. This is what we're talking about. A, an age where his kingdom has come, is coming, and shall come. This is, this is an age of love. And when, when we talk about God's kingdom, it has nothing to do with with military weapons. It has nothing to do with uh, yeah with crooked po- political dealings. This is all about cruciform love, self sacrificial love. So this again, it's about love and peace. And peace isn't the absence of conflict. Peace isn't just showing your guns and your strength and, and parading around. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And the Greek word for peace is Irene, which means to set at one again. As God ordained from before the foundation of the world that mankind would be one, one brother and sisterhood with one father God. I mean, that's that's my theology. And that is, and to me, that is beautiful. And I don't believe that God failed. I don't believe that Jesus failed. I do not believe that the earth is a failed project, that he has to just destroy and start all over. 
I mean, that he, he didn't do that. He didn't do that in the days of Noah. I mean, that, that's not what happened. The same earth remains. And when you talk about like in Peter, when, when Peter talks about the elements being destroyed by fire, those, those elements, are, that's everything to do. The elements had to do with that old covenant system, with the sacrifices, the priesthood, and so on. And that was all destroyed, just like Jesus spoke of in the Olivet Discourse. Sorry, I didn't mean to. You got the preach maybe. <laughs> but you can't, you can't, when you're talking about war and you're talking to, to a, a lot of Christians in the audience, man, I got to get that through because, because lives can be saved because of this. You know, and if you wouldn't do something to your neighbor, if you, if you wouldn't do something personally, why are you supporting people, a, a, a group that your that your thug government, you know, funds to do it elsewhere? If you wouldn't do it yourself, why do you want your tax dollars going to something that's going to do something that you would never do? Not just as a Christian, but I mean, as a human being, you know. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna. What would you just say, Craig? If I just bought a bunch of guns, had open carry, I mean, machine guns, everything that was legal, machetes, and I just paraded around my neighborhood just to show my strength to my neighbors, you'd be like, "That what an idiot! <laughs> what a moron!" You know, that's what the United States does. All right, hey, look at me! You know, look at all my, you know, that. that. War is the language of idiots, man. I would look like an idiot doing that, just Joe doing that in his neighborhood. Why do we behave like that in the world? Why are we like that in the, in the global neighborhood? War is the language of idiots, man. I've that is that is such a great line. Yes. Um, it's getting so. It's so baboonish. Well, first of all, anybody listening to this show, I don't think is going to debate you on anything you just said now. But what I would challenge the listeners to do is to take this episode and send it to folks who might want to debate Joe, because I would love to hear this conversation. I would love to hear somebody try to debate you on this. I'm from the Boston area, and I'm also yeah Portuguese and Italian, so I kind of you know I'm not angry. I'm just I'm I'm just loud. I'm I can just kind of want, but I can also be very civil. But you're not going to hear like MT Wright or Billy Graham or anything like that. Well, I'm from Texas. Hang on a second. I'm from Texas, and everybody saying thinks that we're just loud because we're from Texas, you know. And and I, I have a T-shirt. It's old. It's kind of worn out now. But the backup says I'm not yelling. I'm just from Texas. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, you know, I would like to be a lot more mellow when I talk, but I'm just, it just, just, I'm just, yeah. Well, you, you got a lot of passion, man. You got a lot of passion. I, you know, I'm very serious about this. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm tired of seeing people dying. I'm, I'm tired of seeing people starving and, and not having running water, while people are getting fat in, in, in so many different nations. You know, the fat cats are getting richer off the backs of, uh, you know, those who are in flag draped coffins that they. They venerate once they show up on a tarmac somewhere, you know, and uh, and to me, that is the most disrespectful thing. Yeah. You want to honor our young people, you know, uh, man, no, don't tell them not to go to work. And then let me just shed this really quick. OK, now I love my elders. OK, but to me, the greatest generation isn't isn't a generation that did war. It's the generation who has the most peace. And when you look at World War Two. Hitler would have been stopped in his tracks if it weren't for U.S. banks funding him and Western banks in particular, but also U.S. banks were complicit in that and 
Western corporations supplying him. Study that out. It's, it's serious. And even you look at things like, uh, like Operation Paperclip, when we, our government, took so many Nazi war criminals and brought them in to work, our intelligence services brought Nazi war criminals in. I mean, there was like 1,400 Nazis, I believe, and known war criminals there who should have been tried at Nuremberg. They were used as witnesses, but they were never tried themselves that actually worked for our government, that, that, that actually worked to, uh, to, to create bioweapons and, and horrible things that Hitler used. And so, yeah, so your government isn't, uh, you know, the red, white, and blue certainly isn't uh, the perfect thing. And, and it is not a city set on a hill that can't be hid, okay? That's, that's all about Jesus, okay? And that's not, and Jesus, Jesus isn't the guy parading around the neighborhood with machetes and uh, M16s and, you know, flexing his muscles like a baboon all over the world. That's not Jesus. Well, it reminds me of something that the latest episode of the Thomas recording that we just uh, published with uh, the one I did with Michael Storm from the Toward Anarchy podcast. Um, well, I don't remember what we were talking about at the moment, but I, I mentioned oh, we were talking about social media. And it's the stuff that you see people fighting about these days in American when it comes to American politics. and They're fighting about Kanye West, Joe Biden's son, Donald Trump's papers that he took to. Florida with him, the stuff that they're arguing about, and, and now Donald Trump is in trouble, or they're trying, talking about arresting him for uh, paying off some woman to keep keep her quiet, and and I'm like, at the same time that y'all are all upset about these things, let's talk about, you want to talk about privilege? You know, they talk about white privilege and all this stuff, you want to talk about privilege? Let's talk about American privilege, that you're going to sit and argue about this stuff while... At the same time, there's five-year-olds in Yemen who are trying to find clean drinking water because the United States is complicit in bombing their water facilities and their hospitals and their weddings. You know, and, and you're upset about Joe Biden's son or Kanye West or Donald Trump's uh, prostitute or porn star or whatever, while this five-year-old can't find clean drinking water. Why in the hell do you think you, uh, you, you have the right to argue about the stuff you're arguing about? What is wrong with people? And this is where I get fired up. And this is where I get passionate because Yemen, for some reason, has become such a soft spot for me when I started understanding the genocide that is going on there and the backing of the United States government from Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and now Joe Biden. And Joe Biden talked about ending it. Guess what? He's ramped it up. You know, and why are we talking about this? Why is corporate media not talking about it? Because they're all in cahoots together. Absolutely. If you're sitting behind a TV or watching TV, Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, whatever, they're lying to you. And they're, 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 they're back in one side or the other just trying to keep you distracted about something completely stupid. Like the insurrection on January 6th. Come on. There's a five-year-old in Yemen trying to figure out how to find clean drinking water. And that government that you're defending is the one doing this to that kid, this baby. And I, I, I personally, I mean, I will say this. I don't like when there's a multi-tiered uh, justice system. Uh, these, these people, you know, the Bidens, the whole lot of them, any, anyone, regardless of who they are. Right. If you're going to bring one to justice, bring them all to justice, whatever. But we, we do, like you're, you say, we, you know, you, you are, what people do is they strain at nets and swallow camels. That's what we see happening. Well, it's just frustrating, man. And I can I can hear it in your voice, that your frustration with it. And, it's, and, you know, it's something the longer our project's gone, it, it's something I try to, I, 
trying to have grace for folks who are just ignoring the, the, the atrocities across the world is hard for me sometimes. How are you so easily, easily distracted by something so minor? I mean, if Joe Biden's son wants to do a bunch of cocaine, then have a ball. It's going to kill him eventually, but come on. That's not what – he's doing that to himself. Now, you're supporting a government that's doing this to babies across the world. Come on. Pay attention. I think I think the stories are deeper than that, and it does get back to war, and it could be part of the reason why we're in Ukraine. So I think that Biden connection is much deeper than cocaine. We're talking about business deals with China and Ukraine. Right. You don't understand that. What I'm talking about is people that are like, well, that's all they want to talk about is the hookers and the cocaine. They don't want to talk about what you're talking about, Joe. And the Kardashians and everything else. And so we're deflected. We're, we're, you know, distracted is what the U.S. media, you know, does with us. And of course, they're owned, you know, those corporations. There used to be some 50 plus corporations that own the media. Now it's down to about, I think it's five or six. And uh, yeah, and they're owned by you know by the same same group basically. So you're just getting entertainment for people who want th- you know things within their their echo chamber. And look who's you know look who's advertising for them. Go ahead, check out the advertisement, and you'll see who they're you know who they work for. You know, partly at least. So the t- the 24 hour news cycle has ruined people. You know, and I and I used to be that guy, like I said earlier, but because I would fall asleep watching Fox News every night. I you know, I work over I've worked overnight for almost 30 years now, you know, and so i I would come home and I'd turn on Fox News, I'd fall asleep, I'd wake up and Fox News would still be on. You know, I remember when 9-11 happened, where I was at, I woke up to somebody on Fox News screaming about the 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 uh, the, the airplanes hitting the you know the, the towers and stuff. And so we got to turn that garbage off. Turn it off. Go listen to a podcast. Go listen to something that Joe has to say on International Peace Network. He's got some fantastic content. He's got some stuff that's fantastic to read on, on his blog, you know. And, and can, can, I, can I add something with that, too? Please. There are a, a lot of international um, news outlets and independent journalists that you can learn a lot from. I'll just say that. So I'd encourage everyone, get your news from a wide spectrum. And we have that with streaming and and everything else. We have access to that. Because when I travel to other countries, I watch the news and feel like I'm on a different planet altogether. I'm learning about conflicts and things that are going on that our news never brings up, you know, and and, and you actually get their perspective on, on the things. And it's it's very interesting. So I encourage people, be a student of history, of current events. But more than anything, you know, you know, too. While you're doing that, don't get buried in that. You know, I may say, you say, you know, you, you sound a little frustrated. I'm also, I'm also a very happy person. I'm, I am. I'm so happy in Jesus and I have joy. But man, I also know that I have, I mean, I'm far from, you know, uh, a physically wealthy man uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I have so much more than so many people in this world do. And that's not even what makes us happy or gives us joy. It's, it's Jesus that brings that. And I believe that we serve a God who is so complex that but he, he doesn't lose his joy. He's, he who sits in the heavens laughs when he sees the, you know, the, the, the heathen rage and, and the kings, the leaders imagine vain things, you know, because he knows, you know, he, let's say he, he knows what's happening and he knows that love ultimately wins. And then so, so we can know that. You know, I have, again, I have that peace of Christ, 
But at the same time, there's also a part of me, and I believe a part of God and a part of the Christ in me, that yes, at the same time, you're not schizophrenic, but you can be grieving over something and still have joy, you know? I mean, that's how you don't fall apart when, you know, sometimes people lose loved ones and, you know, tragic things happen and you wonder, you know, how you be, you like someone told you ahead of time what was going to happen. You're like, I could never handle that. And then you go through it and you know that it was just the grace of God. Even when I talked about the beginning of the podcast, my parents and whatever, how did I ever make it through any of that? It was the grace of God. How am I here today? It's the grace of God. And you will, if, if you talk like I do, you're going to get a lot of rejection from the religious world, the political world. A lot of Christians won't like you. And a lot of them will come to you behind the scenes, but they don't want to lose their prestige, their platform, their paycheck, especially preachers, uh, to come out in support of you. Because, uh, because again, it, it, will be, it would be uh, ecclesiastical suicide. They'd have to find another career. And so many of them don't have any training in anything else. And, and so... So it's let's say there there are a lot of people who need to and, I, and I'm seeing that there are a lot of people standing up and I see a lot of the evangelical churches so you may call it a falling away of young people but I call it a falling on two I believe that they, that they're going to settle people are going to settle into something that is so much more beautiful and loving and peacemaking and we've got a younger generation that just doesn't want war does not want ethnic, ethnic cleansing apartheid what you're talking about in Yemen. Um, and, and, you know, we could talk about the Rohingya people. We could talk about, there, there's so many, the Uyghurs, there's so many people on earth, okay? Uh, in Africa, there's, there's, there's so much that goes on that people do not even talk about, like these places don't even exist because our, our government and media have no political and monetary interests in those particular regions. If they get any attention, it's just, it's just a blip compared to everything else, uh, you know, the smoke screen of everything else, like you're talking about, that, uh, yeah, that's just trying to divide and conquer us on lines of political parties. See, because if we're warring against each other, they can war against the world. They can do whatever they want around the world, just blowing people up and everything else. And you don't even, you don't even know there's a base in Syria, okay, that the United States has a presence in Syria until somebody, you know, and I don't care where the weapon came from, Iran, wherever, you don't belong there. And if you weren't, weren't there, you wouldn't get killed. So get the people yeah. out of there, okay? Again, yeah. it goes right back to the whole thing, the, the, the double standards. Well, I know you're a very uh, joyful person. And in the short time I've got, had the opportunity to get to know you, you know, just through Facebook and stuff, and you're one of the fun, funniest human beings that I've ever come across. I mean, some of your Facebook posters crack me up, man. I, I got to tell you, you bring a lot of joy to my life, just to, just the, some of the stuff you put on Facebook, because it's some of the stuff is so funny to me. Well, humor is a, is a gift from the Lord. I believe that, and without it, I would be I would be a total nut job. So, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> very thankful for it because this this stuff does hurt. And the more you know people, the more you talk to people and befriend people overseas that are that are oppressed. I have friends in Gaza. I mean, you know, you, you actually talk to them. And they're like, well, brother, I can't talk because the Israelis are bombing right now or they've shut off our power. Um, I don't have Internet right now. And, and uh, you know, but what well, they'll tell you after the fact when you can't get hold of them, they'll let you know, hey, I, I didn't have Internet, didn't have this, that or the other. And we again, we are talking about people who are oppressed. But thank the Lord, too. You know, right now I'm so thankful for technology because people's stories can get out there. And that, and that is so important. So we're finding, you know, everybody out there can show what's going on in real time. So it can't be hidden just for the uh, 
you know, the professional journalist, the state-run journalist, uh, is something where your average person, like you and me, has a has has a, has a video video camera on us at all times and can and can film what's going on, and uh, and we can communicate and get to know each other. So I would say, you want to make the world a better place, make friends overseas, make friends with people who don't look or believe like you. Okay purposely do that and you'll see how it'll revolutionize your thinking and how the Christ in you will just, I mean, compassion and empathy and care will rise up. And, and, and yeah, you won't want your government bombing them and you will tell children to be conscience objectors and not, and not to kill them, not to do anything uh, to them. Okay. I love Iranians. I love, I love Saudi Arabia. I love, I can't hate anybody. I'm not just gonna. I can't hate anybody. I mean, I I love people. And if you took off everything and everybody would just wear, let's say, just gray sweatshirt and sweatpants, okay? You don't know what country people are from. Now people have different colors or whatever. But you get people just for a cup of coffee, okay? Um, and, and you didn't know each other's political affiliations, you know, you know or, or people just tend to gravitate toward love and peace. All this stuff is is really magnified. The strife through the media and through politicians, and let's say they need excuses for for war and something else. See, we have a real problem in the United States because we've ticked off people all around the world. So now there's a fear, like man, if we ever get small militarily, okay, then they already hate us. They'll come after us. You know, right? There's so many things going on in the earth, and it's let's say it's. Uh, it's a matter of peace. That's that's my advice. Be a peacemaker. Be a lover of humanity. Right. And I was, before I let you go, I want to touch on something you said in this in this piece. Is that's with such it's it's really cool. And maybe you can expound on it a little bit more. But just the the word no, how it can bring about world peace. Using just saying no, yeah, not no, but hell no. How that can bring about world peace. I want you to expound on that a little bit, bit, and then I'll let you get out of here and let you plug whatever you want to plug. Well, first of all, no, I'm not going to to watch this filthy military propaganda. I'm going to go pour myself a drink or go use the restroom or whatever. I'm going to put it on mute when that stuff is on with the ball game. And no to recruiters and young people. Let people in your high school talk to them about this. Play them this. Play them this podcast. Have them go to my website. Have them, you know, go go to our uh, our network here. And, uh, you know, you share with others what's going on and how the how the military just wants to use you. The military industrial complex just wants to use you. Politicians just want to use you as their pawns and and just the evil that is behind it. And if you're a Christian, you have no place in that. I, I mean, you have you have no place in that. You're serving the Prince of Peace and there's no way you should be out there just just killing people indiscriminately. For the sake, just because whatever madman gets voted into office, you have to obey that person like they're your God. And that's how it is. That commander in chief, what they say, and that goes all the way down the line, down the ranks. What that person above you, he represents the president of the United States. Okay. And if he tells you to do something, whether he's uh, 20 years old and you're 18, he is your God. Okay. You have to do whatever. You are told, okay? You obey those orders. And that and that could be to kill. That could very well be, and this happens so much, even in World War II. You got Christians on both sides of the conflict, okay? <laughs> Praying, 
Okay, and he and you had Christians on both sides of the conflict praying that God would help them win. I mean, in God's way, I <laughs> don't wait, don't put me in this. I didn't start this. Okay, he had he had nothing to do that with that. Contrary to your pathetic reading and understanding of Matthew twenty-four and the Book of Revelation, and other chapters. If you don't understand history, okay, biblical history and fulfilled prophecy, you're always going to project that on the present and future, and you're going to perpetuate more and more war. Right, exactly. That's what I've got, brother. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this conversation. You know, I've, I've enjoyed our interaction on social media and getting finally getting to sit down and talk with you and, and about this. And we're going to do it again because I feel like we could talk for another couple of hours. So maybe we'll just... I think so. I think so. We'll just break it up into, into a few more episodes maybe. But um, before I let you go, why don't you go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug and, and then I'll let you get out of here and go enjoy the rest of your day. Man, I'm just going to plug peace. And I got a little website. It's the internationalpeacenetwork.org. And, uh, but that's part of, uh, of what you're doing too. That's, uh, you know, I'm in your project. So... Please mention your project before before we get off here. And uh, like I say, any, my uh, my email, if anybody wants to email me, you can reach me at, uh, at peacedaddyjoe at gmail.com. Okay? I'd love to uh, interact with you if you'd like to have me as, as a podcast guest or or just as a friend if you, if you want to talk. Uh, if you have somebody who's contemplating military service and uh, you'd, you'd like someone to talk to them from, from my perspective, I'd be, I'd be glad to do that. Perfect. Yeah. So what you mentioned, the uh, No Came at Christ Network, um, if uh, anybody, you can find Joe's stuff there as well. Uh, no Came at Christ Network dot com. That's the new network we formed with uh, as, um, the Bad Roman Expedition 44 and Rival Nation started it. Now International Peace Network's involved. And we've got uh, the geeky preacher. I'm going to get him on the show at some point, you know, and, and talk about his his project and uh, the Embrace Within get him on the show at some point and talk about his project. And we're, we're going to add to the network. It's going to, it's going to more people are going to join and it's all, it's all basic. You know, we've got our, our, our statement of beliefs and everybody that's involved with the, the no keeper Christ network are on, on all in line. You know, we go about it different than our own different projects, but all in, all in line, no king, but Christ. And I, it's all about peace, man. It's all about peace. And that's, that's the way of Jesus. And if it doesn't look like Jesus, then we're probably wrong. So let's uh, mm-hmm. let's just uh, let's just stay down that path. You know, go check uh, go check out the new network. We're pretty excited about it. I'm I love the website. You know, um, we had somebody put it together for us. It's just to me, it's a whole beautiful. It's just beautiful. It just looks great to me. And maybe I'm a little biased to it because we put a lot of time into it. But I think it's it's really well done. And everybody involved with it is. Um, I'm happy that we've all partnered together to promote this this way of peace and, and promote the No King but Christ ideal that. If I think if people just Christians just got back to that no king but Christ, we'd see a, a huge change in this world. Yeah, I agree. It's a blessing to be a part of it. Yes, sir. I'm gonna let you go and then uh we'll do this again for sure. All right, bless you, bro. Thanks for joining us this week on the Bad Roman Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts to never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, it really helps people find us. 100% of donations are given to local charities in Memphis, Tennessee. To learn more about The Bad Roman Project and to find show notes, please visit thebadroman.com.